0: We are about to get real honest today about self-care and how it isn't selfish because as moms, it can be so easy to let guilt and the burden of trying to add new habits to our lives stop us from truly taking care of ourselves physically and emotionally and mentally. And so today, what we're going to do is talk with Emily, get to hear from Emily Nichols of the Self-Transformed podcast, and she's going to teach you all about why habits are important, how you can start incorporating them into your life in this new season where you feel like you can't stay on top of anything, and we're really doing a deep dive into self-care. I'm excited for you to hear from Emily specifically because for 3 years as a mom, her first 3 years, she really struggled with figuring out self-care and taking care of herself and her health on the inside and the outside and dealing with guilt so she's been where you are and she's at a different place now she's now a certified personal trainer an orange theory coach a whole 30 coach she's a boy mom two boys close in age and she loves tacos so she you know she lives with balance and she's just bringing to you today such wisdom on habits on guilt and on self-care so let's dive in Hey mama, welcome to the Tough Love Mom Podcast. I know you're here because you're ready to get consistent and finally lose that weight and you're not afraid of a little tough love. You know what to do to lose weight, but following through on those things feels impossible. You wish you could just feel like your strong, confident self again and want to be a good example for your little ones, but you get thrown off by mom guilt and the unpredictability of motherhood. It's frustrating. Taking on your journey postpartum is hard, but it's not impossible. Hey, I'm Liz and I've been where you are. I gained a lot of weight in my pregnancies, 90 pounds and then 60 pounds. I needed to lose that weight to take control of my health and honestly just wanted to feel like myself again. With a sustainable approach to weight loss, simple consistency, and working on my mindset, I lost it all in just over a year both times and I'm here to help you do the same. I believe that we have an ingrained ability to figure out what we need to do, make it happen, and do it in a way that awes the world. If you're ready to stop falling off the wagon, create solid routine and healthy habits, and finally feel your best inside and out, all while enjoying dino nuggets on your salad, you are in the right place. We're about to transform your journey, my friend. Get pumped up. It is tough love time. Hey, Emily, I'm so excited to have you here today. I can't wait to really dive into habits and self-care because moms need that so much and it's really hard in this season. So we're about to get real. I'm really excited for just your expertise and everything. So tell us, let's take it back a little bit. What got you passionate about this work with habits and with self-care? What got you into all of this? Yeah, totally. And
1: thanks again for having me on the show, Liz. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. So if I think about what really makes me passionate about this work and what led me to um, becoming focused on habits and self-care was really my own journey. Um, so back in 2015, my kids were a lot smaller than my boys are now 13 and 10. but at that time I was busy climbing the corporate ladder, um, trying to you know have dinner on the table, doing all the things and I was dealing with the stress and anxiety and pressure I was really putting on myself in really unhealthy ways like turning to sugar or alcohol or really even excessive online shopping to really deal with, the pressure I was putting on myself. I keep saying pressure because I feel like there was just such a, a stigma out there that moms had to be perfect and Pinterest worthy and Instagram worthy. And we were going through a time as a family where we were just really struggling because my husband was working all different kinds of shift work. So nights, evenings, weekends, daytime, and his sleep was suffering because of it. So over time, our house just felt you know, really tense. It felt really tense. If you've ever gone a long period of time without sleep, which I'm sure many women have, if they're postpartum, been there. Um, it was just a really tense time. That's coming off of you know years of having a couple of little boys too. So we decided to really just take charge of our health, and he brought forth doing the whole thirty with me, and he wanted to do it together. And I was like, absolutely not. I am not doing this. Like. No, I'm not gonna give up wine. I'm not gonna give up cookies. I'm not gonna no, just no. But we needed a reset in our health, you know. I wasn't doing anything really to take care of myself in a holistic way, like inside out. Um, and he came from a background and just being a really athletic person, running, and he wasn't able to do any of that thing, those things anymore because he just really felt unhealthy and tired all the time. So we did the whole 30 and it, not just the habits and relationship, I was really able to analyze about myself with what I was doing as far as my unhealthy habits, but I was able to really feel so empowered by finishing something because I was the queen of like, I'm going to start this squat challenge, or I'm going to start doing this. Or I was getting late fees at the gym for spin classes all the time because I was like, I got to get up early and do it. But then I would never go because I'm like, I'm tired. I don't want to go. Um, so just that empowerment, I felt finishing something. And then from there, Liz, it just had a snowball effect. So what happened from there is I started moving my body more because I felt great. My husband was moving his body more as well. He's actually like a Boston qualifier marathon runner now. Like it's insane. And he's 41 in like the best shape of his life. So this was really over time though. This is since 2015. I definitely wasn't overnight. So since then, you know, I've become a personal trainer. I coach at Orange Theory. I do my own programming. Um, after I start moving my body more, I'm like, okay, I'm going to listen to podcasts that fill me up, read books about personal development. And I really dug deep into habit research because for me, I was like, okay, if I'm going to be able to make self-care, whatever that means For me at that time, which for me was movement and fueling my body and really talking nicer to myself, I need to have some strategy in place because I just can't say, oh, I hope I work out today because obviously it wasn't going to happen because I'm raising boys and working and being just a crazy busy mom. Um, And what I come to realize over that time, as I dug deeper into personal development and habit strategy, is like, well, I've created my own self-care routine that works And I have strategies in place to pivot that as my seasons of life change. You know, my boys, like I said, are 13 and 10. Now we go through different seasons, just not only weather-wise, but throughout life every year, you know, they're getting ready to start back up with lacrosse and golf. They both have spring sports at the same time. So my schedule is going to change again. So for me, it's having this strategy in place to continue taking care of myself. And I'm coming from a place of really overflow instead of completely drained. Like my picture is filled to the brim. It's overflowing. And the most important people in my life, my loved ones, my boys, my husband are getting that overflow instead of one tiny little, maybe microscopic <laughs> drip left in that picture. So that has, what's led me to doing what I'm doing today. Um, as the host of the self-transformed podcast, pretty much what we do is really help women think about creating a holistic health plan backed by habit strategy. Cause we all know how to take care of ourselves really. Okay. I got to eat healthy. I got to work out. I got to talk nicer to myself, but actually doing it and making it work in your life is a totally different story. So we do that with um, a lens of habit strategy and really thinking about not just like a four week plan, but a lifelong plan to help take you through All those seasons of life. So that was a very long winded answer, but that is why I'm so passionate, just my own journey and then helping other women do that now through the Self Transform brand.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Especially, I love that you hit on how important of of a point you made that it's such a process and it's been seven years at least of finding yourself in that place and getting to a point of consistency. And it's just part of who you are and now paying it forward to other women. How at the beginning, of all of that. Did you make these new habits not feel like another thing on your to-do list? Because it's so easy when you're in that season of, I need to make a change. I need to make a change. Let's add this in and not make it feel overwhelming to the point. Cause whole thirties, like, I mean, that's where you said you started, right? That was yeah. the starting point. Mm-hmm. How did you start with that, without making it feel like this burdensome thing? Because often, like you said, it becomes that snowball effect where you keep taking care of yourself, moving your body, feeling better and it just snowballs, but it can be hard to get that snowball rolling. So how did you avoid that feeling of overwhelm when mm. you started?
1: It's so hard because you want, you know, you want to take care of yourself, but you're right to put one more thing on your to-do list. You're like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And for me, it really started focusing on why I wanted to do this. So thinking about Why did I want to do the whole 30? Why did I want to start moving my body? What was going to be the reward for me? And over time, as I dug into habit strategy, you know, I realized, okay, what I've done is I've created some small, tiny little habits and then I was able to add more. I think sometimes we get that overwhelmed feeling because we're like, OK, I'm going to you know, get a membership here and I'm going to go to the store and do a whole 30 and I'm going to read, you know, an hour every day. That's just not realistic. And that's when it feels very overwhelming. And we almost have that analysis paralysis and then we don't do anything or we stick with it for a few days. And then we feel a sense of failure when we aren't able to maintain that. But if you start about focusing first on your why and starting small on just one tiny little step. So, you know, I always like to just think of it in three areas as far as like fuel for your body, movement, mindset, which area do you feel like you need the most help in? Okay, I'm going to start there. I'm going to do this action. And we do that with habit strategy, because when you start something new, that takes a lot of brain power. And we have so many tabs open in our head. If we were to open one more tab, like if it was a real life computer, it may just shut down, right? So from there, you're able to think of some habit strategies. So thinking about, okay, can I stack this onto something I'm already doing? That's an unconscious behavior that doesn't feel hard. So, you know, it could be as simple as, you know, I get up every morning, I drink some water and I go downstairs and I start making my coffee and I let my dogs out. Well, for me, I would lay my supplements out to be like, okay, well, here's the cue. Here's the visual trigger. I've let the dogs out oh, it's time to take my supplements. And I would take that while they were outside. And over time, it's just become an unconscious behavior. At first, I was like, why can't I just take these supplements every day? Like it's a super easy task. Well, for your brain, and especially a mom brain, taking on one more task can feel overwhelming. So thinking about number one, starting with your why. Number two, starting with something very, very tiny. And one of those areas that I mentioned, And number three, using some simple habit strategy to make it actually work and trying over and over again, different times a day, different cues or different strategies. And then over time, you can start curating a little bit more things on your self-care routine that is personal to you though.
0: I always tell my clients, pick one thing to start with. We're not going to take it all on at once. We're going to do this one thing. Okay. Okay what's sustainable for you? Are you able to work out five days a week right now? Or do you want to start with two? And I love that you brought up habit stacking because you want to get to a point with habits, right? Where you go from it, taking mental effort to now it just feels like routine. It's part of what I do. And when you habit stack, it's like an immediate transition into this is routine. Now, if you haven't heard of habit stacking before, basically it's where you pair a new habit with something, like you said, that is unconscious, like brushing your teeth or filling up your water bottle or grabbing, you know, starting your coffee in the morning, Mm -hmm. that's something you already do. And when you just add something into it, you're literally taking no mental effort. And I think what's cool about that is it takes away the guilt as well with adding in some new type of habit. Mm -hmm. The guilt just goes away. Were there any points in the first few months or years probably the first few months where you did feel any guilt because on the nutrition side, there's some time commitment, but definitely with movement and now you're working at orange theory training there, you've got your business. Did guilt ever come up at any point? Because that's something I hear from moms a lot is, you know, if I have the extra 30 minutes, once my husband gets home and the kids are in bed, like I want to spend it with him. I feel bad if I don't, but I also feel bad if I don't take care of myself or You know, I want to work out when my kids are awake because that's the best time, but I feel bad if I'm not playing with them. Did you ever experience that guilt? And how did you handle it?
1: Yeah, totally. It's kind of a vicious cycle, right? (laughs) Like we're like, I want to spend time with them, but I need to take care of myself. But then I feel guilty in all areas of life. Mom guilt is so real and it still creeps up on me now today. I think it even creeps up on my mom (laughs) with adult children as well. I think it's just in our nature, just being such nurturing Um, people in general and wanting to take care of them and solve their problems and just be there for them. Mom guilt totally creeps. And still, especially when we were doing the whole 30 for the first time, you know, it was like, okay, mom and dad are eating this different way. And my kids were like, well, we want some mac and cheese. And we're like, well, okay, we'll make a side of mac and cheese for you. Or we weren't making the mac and cheese. Like one time I snuck cauliflower rice into like a stir fry and they never knew. And afterwards they were just like, mom, I was like, but it was great. It was fine. It was fine. (laughs) Then you'd feel that mom guilt. Um, And totally mom guilt and um, time are the two biggest challenges I hear from all my clients. I'm sure you hear that too, Liz. Totally. But the ways to kind of overcome that is just accept that it's going to creep in sometimes. It still does for me as a mom of a teenager and a 10 year old boy. A couple of things I would think about is think about why you're taking time for yourself and the benefit to your loved ones. Number two, something you can actually do is go and talk to your kids, no matter what age they are, if they're able to communicate back with you and your spouse and be like, hey, I want to do this at this time because I think it works best for our family for me to do it at this time. Is that OK? And they're going to be like, yeah. And then you can also take it another step further and be like, does that make you feel mad or sad when mom is taking 20 minutes to work out for herself? they're going to say, no, I don't care. <laughs> they're going, they're not going to, unless you're like taking hours out of your day to like work out or do something exactly. for yourself, which we're not, I know you're not. So <laughs> think of it that way. Cause they're going to be like, no. And then the last thing to do is find support around you. Talk to other moms and be like, okay, do you feel guilty when you do this stuff too? So more than likely they are going to be like, yes. And just having that commonality amongst them. And also thinking about how would you would hype up your girlfriend who's like, Oh, I feel so guilty for doing this. You would be like, girl, you need to take time for yourself. You know, self-care isn't selfish, fill your cup up. And then we don't take that our own advice that we would give to like our best friends. So, you know, really having, I'm a big fan of getting that data. So get that data from your family. Like, Hey, does this work? Does this not work? How does this make you feel? And then have some community around you to show that, okay, I'm not alone. I need to get out of my own head and take action and just reevaluate over time. Like if your schedule changes again, using some of those habit strategies that we talked about again, communicating with your family is a big part of it.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. I just had my husband on the podcast and he, he, he took full advantage of the show being called the tough love mom podcast. I was like, oh no, to start tough love <laughs> dad brand or something, but he basically just, he basically just said you guys, you moms, you're overthinking it. You're in your head too much. And that's what happens is we start Mm. to make up in our mind, what our family thinks, how they feel when really we just need to ask them because they're likely not going to be that. They're probably going to be excited for us. And the fact that we want to take some time for ourselves. I still face that sometimes if I ask for, Hey, can you hang with the kids? I need like a full day to myself. It'll be one of those things. And I feel guilty asking for that. So it still comes up, but that communication is So important. And I love that you brought up community too, because we still feel that mom guilt. It's going to come up and it's because we're nurturers. But when we hear that other moms are feeling the same way and we can be spurred on by them and spur on other moms, it just makes it easier to manage that feeling. So thank you for that encouragement and knowing too that you still feel it. I think it just makes every mom out there go, okay, it's not going to go away, but I can handle it. I am equipped. Um, you brought up self-care gosh, it's such a special topic these days, taking care of yourself. I personally hate taking bubble baths. I barely do it. (laughs) It's one of those things where I'm like, I don't know why people call that self-care because it is not for me, Uh but what does it really mean in motherhood? What does self-care actually look like?
1: You're right. It's such a buzzword. Like I used to, my podcast used to be called something else with the word self-care in it. And I took it out because it's a polarizing word because for me, self-care means doing the hard things every day to take care of myself. It's, it's, it's hard. It's hard it, to figure out how to make it work in your busy life as a busy working mom. Um, if a bubble bath is part of like self-care for you, though, more power to you. That's the thing about self-care that though; it's personal to everybody. What self-care looks like for me is different for you is different. Like you said, different seasons of life. You know, I didn't really start taking care of myself and really digging into like my own self-care routine until like my youngest was like three. You know, starting as early as possible is so important. And that's changed over time. But the three pillars that have always, always, always been there for me, for my self-care routine has always been movement. Because I feel like there's so many multiple benefits of it. It's not just physical. It's mental. It's emotional. Sometimes it's spiritual. Even I get the best downloads from God when I'm like on my Peloton or working out or on a walk by myself, or sometimes just really good ideas too. Like I always have my notes app open and I'm sitting there talking to myself, voice memos, my
0: notes. I'm constantly getting
1: ideas. Oh my gosh. I just have a notes tab that's just podcast ideas. And sometimes I have to look through it and was like, what was I saying? Like, what was that idea even? Because I was mid sweat. Um, But obviously, movement's like the biggest one for me um, fuel for my body. And that doesn't mean just, you know, eating colorful foods and non-processed foods. That also means enjoying foods with a sense of food freedom and no guilt around food. So, you know, like this next Sunday, we're going to go do tacos and Marks with some girls for Galentine's day. Cause we weren't able to do it last weekend, so we're doing it this weekend, but I do it from a lens of, I'm going to enjoy a margarita, not like a full picture of margaritas and feel like crap the next day. Um, but that means enjoying the foods from a lens of food freedom for me, too. And lastly, it's just mindset, always reevaluating the way I'm talking to myself, focusing on gratitude, spending some time with God every day as well, and doing that via habit strategy. I have to make the time to be like, hey, Lord, I'm here because otherwise he even gets put to the back burner sometimes because I'm trying to take care of everyone else. And but those have always been my three pillars. And that changes over time, you know. I really feel like you need to diversify your self-care routine. You can't put them all in one basket because if you get hurt or sick and movement's like your main thing, then it's like, well, what do you do? So just thinking of it in a holistic way and what other ways you can take care of yourself. But again, not overwhelming yourself, starting small, thinking about really maybe just sitting down with a pad of paper and a pen and being like, where am I struggling? Where am I struggling? Where am I thriving? And then kind of finding that middle ground of where you could start taking action, either movement, it could be, you know, community, you know, I'm really craving a connection with other women, what can you do to do that? You know, that was kind of like my final step in my self care journey. I found like when my kids were little, I really had I didn't have a lot of hobbies, they were my hobbies, it was them and going to work. And I was like, my, my friend group changed over time. So I, so I joined a, a running group here in town and Liz, I don't like running. Like, it's not my favorite. I just joined it. Cause I was like, these girls probably have the same interests as me. So. I went and joined a running club and I actually started to enjoy running too, but I actually went and like took action to sought out friend groups. So, you know, thinking about where those areas of your life are like, I'm really craving connection. I'm really craving movement and feeling good for myself and just taking action from there. And over time, just letting that pivot and be okay with it, depending on the season of life that you're in, but start as soon as you can, when you're able to, like I said, and start to my youngest son was three as far as I can hear myself
0: had to get out a piece of paper and put it down, like mm. write down what actually you're lacking in. And I think another thing that you can do, if you're listening and you're like, oh, I need to sit down with paper and start listing things out is also think about the small, simple things that fill your cup up that you're already doing. Because sometimes I think we overlook what we're doing on a day-to-day basis and don't give it the power and the acknowledgement of what it does do for us. We're, we're going about our day and, Like I love listening to worship music. I love spending five minutes to myself before the house gets up, just sipping some cold water and reading a book. Like I love those little things, but if I don't actually acknowledge what they're doing for me or appreciate it, Mm -hmm. it's not going to fill my cup up. So I think even taking a few minutes on top of figuring out what you're lacking is also figuring out what are the small, tiny things that you are doing. Maybe it's keeping your phone in the kitchen when you go to sit down at the table for lunch with your kids, mm. you know, super small things are picking up a something. I like to tell moms to do is read and feed. Like instead of picking up your phone and scrolling when you're breastfeeding or giving your baby a bottle, pick up a book. It's going to yeah. feel so much better, but those tiny yeah. little things are so helpful. And you're probably doing a lot of self-care already. How do you define self-care? What's your like definition of it?
1: For me, it is taking care of yourself from the inside out without guilt. I love it. Without guilt. And that's a process. That's a process, you know? And like you said, focusing on what you're doing now to take care of yourself, you know, it's those small wins, right? And those add up over time. And you're like, yay, I, you know, I didn't look at my phone, you know, during dinner time. I didn't do this or didn't do that. Celebrate that celebrate that and see what you are already doing to take care of yourself and really watch how that compounds over time. Like I talked about, my journey has been the biggest snowball effect (laughs) I could have ever dreamed of for my life. And there's no rolling it back up the hill. It's just going to (laughs) keep
0: snowballing for me. Yeah. Even if you do roll it up the hill a little ways, it's going to go right back down and just keep snowballing. Right.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm, Totally love
0: that few minutes ago, when you were talking about self-care, you were saying how you fill your cup up. So you're overflowing. So you can care for other people. And that's exactly what self-care is, is literally caring for yourself. It's this buzzword that people define with action items, but really it is how you're taking care of yourself. And we can overlook that so easily. And you also mentioned hobbies and what hobbies do moms have honestly, until probably a few months ago, I couldn't have told you because I I would have been like working out maybe, but even, I don't feel like that's a hobby. It's just part of what I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Reading books is a hobby for me. The show my husband and I watch together is a hobby for me going on walks, going to the playground with my kids. Those are hobbies, (laughs) which aren't that exciting. They're not that monumental or anything or anything special, but It took me a while to realize what actually is a hobby for me now, because you totally lose that. No, I was just
1: going to say, I remember back when my kids were really little, like my husband was, you know, he was always active until he went through that transition with work. Like, and I remember the kids were really little. He'd be like going to the gym or he'd go for a run or he hunts. So he's like, I'm going hunting with and fishing with my friends. And he was like, you don't really have any hobbies. (laughs) And I was like, yeah. Yeah. I guess I just go to work and I take care of the kids and that's it. And it made me feel actually kind of like, wow, what am I doing that fills my cup? Not just like self-care wise, but what kind of activities am I doing to enjoy myself now? So yeah, like just thinking of that and like over time, like thinking, okay, well, I like to, now I like to sign up for like races with my girlfriends and do something really challenging and fun. Or, you know, sometimes we are scheduling workouts together and that is almost like afterwards we go get coffee together. And that's almost like not necessarily a hobby, but it's a big self-care act for us. But, you know, years ago there just wasn't, I wasn't, I was just focused on them. And it's really easy to be in the thick of that. When there's so little and you're just trying to survive day by day, but anything you can do to fill your cup up or find some type of similar interest with other women is going to help you long-term for sure. For sure.
0: Oh, so good today. Thank you. I like to ask all my guests. Uh, a question around tough love. So we talked Mm -hmm. about this on your podcast, but tough love is defined as love expressed in a straightforward manner for another person's well-being. So their physical, mental and emotional health, just being, you know, not beating around the bush, being straightforward with them because you care about their health overall. So with that in mind, what's one thing you want to leave these moms with today?
1: It is not selfish to take care of yourself. And I want you to write that down. I want you to tattoo it on your arm. It's not selfish to take care of yourself. It's necessary. It is necessary. So remember that. Remember that so you can think about the next time where you don't feel like you're being a very patient mom or you feel like you're not being a very present wife. What have you done to take care of yourself? And what are you telling yourself that's holding you back from taking care of yourself? Because, like I said, it's not selfish, it's necessary. And to take care of yourself for even just 30 minutes a day is such a tiny percentage of your day that it's going to make the biggest difference in your day over time, especially as well.
0: Yeah. And those things we're telling ourselves in our head, the words that we're thinking, the thoughts we're thinking are I'd say like 80 to 90 percent of how we're caring for ourselves because it's how we're speaking to ourselves so thank you so much for that where can everyone find you and follow you uh, if they love this conversation today
1: well again thanks for having me on yeah, it's so much fun so much fun. Um, you can find the Self-Transformed podcast on any of your favorite streaming services. And you can come connect with me on Instagram at Emily Nichols 22 for a lot of the behind the scenes things. A lot of dogs and like taco, like Taco Tuesday stuff. Just to tell you the truth. <laughs>
0: Some tacos. <laughs> yeah, always, always. Like I mentioned, if you loved today's podcast, you can go head over to the podcast app or wherever you're listening and search for Self-Transformed. That's Emily's podcast. She focuses on redefining self-care through simple fitness, nutrition, and mindset habit hacks for busy working moms because she's been there. And I just hope this conversation gave you a new perspective today on habits, how simple they can be and how you can make them routine in a very easy way. I hope it gave you a new perspective on mom guilt and the fact that we all still feel it sometimes. And I hope you also felt seen when it comes to self-care because it's a weird, difficult path to navigate, but essentially it's caring for yourself. So go out there, take it one day at a time and let's get you on the road to taking care of yourself in a balanced, guilt-free way. You are capable, you are strong, you are worth the investment of time and energy to just feel better. So I love you, mama. I hope today's conversation blessed you. And all I want you to do is go figure out what you're already doing to take care of yourself and what you might be able to add in With Habit Stacking, very simply, to do that a little bit more intentionally today. Before you go, thank you for spending this time with me on the Tough Love Mom podcast. If this episode encouraged you in any way, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a review letting me know how the show has impacted you. Then send this episode to another mom friend, or take a screenshot, post it on social media, and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me on this journey to impact thousands of moms. I'm so grateful to be on this journey with you, sister. Until next time, get after it.